weird guy, but typical. Let me, let me explain. Whenever there is an IKEA project to be done or a Walmart thing to be made or whatever it might be, I take these things called instructions and I just literally throw them into the what? Trash. Okay, gotcha. So maybe you're with me and you kind of understand what a typical guy might do. We take the instructions and we throw them into the trash. And this is my step process of building an Ikea project or whatever it might be. One, throw the instructions where? In the trash. Number two is I take all the parts that are there and I separate them. The screws here, the long plank here, this thing here that I guess will go in this contraption that I'm going to be making. And then I look at the box and I look at the picture. I'm very meticulous when I buy something that there's a picture on the front of the box to show me exactly on how this thing is supposed to look. Then I start building. This is the moment when my wife and children leave the house and they leave the house, they go somewhere, which I don't know where they go, is because they know that I'm about to get very, very frustrated. And then I start complaining. Nobody else is in the house. I start complaining. I'm like, where is this supposed to go? And at the end of it, I have all these extra parts laying around, and I have this contraption that looks like the picture, but if you tip it just a little bit, it will fall down. And then, because nobody's looking, I run over to the trash and I get the instructions out and I start looking at the instructions and saying, oh. And then I throw everything in the trash, go out to Walmart or to Ikea, rebuild it. And then when my wife comes home with the instructions are in the trash and the item is built the way it's supposed to be. Can I get an amen, men? Thanks for your admission of your um, humility right there, for sure. Now, the reality is you and I um, have been given the Bible. The Bible is literally, you've heard it said, the instruction booklet for life. Yes, yes. The Bible is not only an instruction booklet of life. It is the history of God. That's what it is. And in the middle of the history of God, as we've been studying the book of Luke, there is this moment where Jesus is teaching his disciples on how to pray. Last week, we talked about the different levels of intimacy with prayer. And today, we're just going to look at the famous, the very, very famous Lord's Prayer. And this is the Lord's Prayer. And this is, this is something you've got to understand. You see a passage in Matthew chapter 6. By the way, if you want to turn to your Luke journals, it's on page 86. And if you do not have a Luke journal, my friend Tim is going to pass one out. Just raise your hand if you don't have a Luke journal. It's free. You get one so you can start taking, taking notes with me. So how many of you guys have ever heard of the, the Lord's Prayer? Raise your hand. Okay, Lord, who's never heard about the Lord's Prayer? All right. Thank you. Okay, so, so today, it's, I mean, you're just going to probably tune out and say, I've, I've heard the Lord's Prayer, and it's not that big of a deal. But, but before I get to it, I think many of you treat the Lord's Prayer like the instruction booklet. You're like, I've been a Christian 
Going to church for all these years, I know how to what? I know how to pray. And good, that's great. But do you pray like Jesus? Do you pray like Jesus do or do you pray like you do? Or do you pray like your pastor does? Maybe he said that no matter what, you remove the instructions from the trash and let's literally take our humility and let's rebuild what prayer should look like the way Jesus taught. You with me on that? Okay, so here's the deal. Luke chapter 11, um, we talked about verse 1 last week, but Luke chapter 11 and then Matthew 6 are teachings of the Lord's Prayer. One, you will notice, is a little bit deeper than the other. Why? Because this was at the Sermon of the Mount. The disciples and others were around him, and it was a different location, a different time, a different teaching of the Lord's Prayer. And then we got Luke, where the disciples come and said, can you teach us on how to pray like John taught his disciples? And Jesus summarized it um, shortly. Again, Matthew heard this, Luke heard this, and it's the same prayer. It means the exact same thing. But Matthew, that we're about to share, has a little bit more depth into the same teaching, exactly the same teaching, just a few extra words and a few extra details than in Matthew. So here's the deal. Wherever you see a parenthesis around, that will be the Matthew 6 passage. And then, of course, the rest of just solid black without parentheses will be um, the Lord's Prayer found in the book of Luke. So we're going to read this, and then hopefully we can just dissect this. Hopefully this will be like the shortest sermon in the world because it's so simple. But we just got to, we just got to do it. So here, here's it. Our Father, where? In heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and then in Matthew it says, your will be done on earth as it is in where? Heaven. Give us, us each, give us each this day our daily what? Bread. And forgive us our sins, our debts, for we ourselves, as we, as we, what? As we, right? Very important. As we also forgive everyone who is indebted or are debtors to us. Lead us not into what? Temptation. But deliver us from evil, the evil one. Let me pray, um, and then we'll go ahead and get started into, into the Lord's Prayer. Holy Father, you are good. May your will be done today. Allow us to know today on how to pray like you. Forgive us for taking the Lord's Prayer as a religious function and help us to flee the temptation of religifying the beautiful, beautiful prayer that you taught. Help me, help us today to pray like Jesus. I pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, all right, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. We're just going to be quick, um, and hopefully this will make sense. Number one, the Lord's Prayer is not, here's the very important, the Lord's Prayer is not something that you repeat verbatim. In other words, word for word. This, the, the Lord's Prayer is not something you repeat over and over and over and over again and say you prayed, keyword, unless you pray with a what? Genuine heart. So 
Yes, you can pray the Lord's Prayer with a genuine heart. Through, I mean, if you're really concentrating what you are saying, yes, pray it verbatim. Pray it like in Matthew 6. Pray it like in Luke. Pray it like Jesus did. But the Lord's Prayer is not something we need to pray verbatim, word for word. Also, the Lord's Prayer is not a magic formula. It's like you pray this exactly the way it is, and then it will tweak God's will, and it will become your will, and God will be pleased with this method of, of this magic solution, like, like the instruction book. You add all this, and it will be built beautifully. It's not that. But it's also not the only way to pray. It's not the only way to pray. But it's the best way. I mean, let's just, let's just seriously be honest. How many of you have, be honest, fallen to the trap of, I could better say it verbatim. Raise your hand. You fall into the trap of saying it verbatim. Okay, all right, all right. How many of you guys have thought, you know, if I don't pray it exactly this way, it doesn't please God. Anybody fall into that trap before? Okay, all right. And then the last one. How many of you guys thought that it's the only way to pray? Okay, good, good, good. Lots of you are maturing through this. So I want to encourage you, remain there because the evil one is going to try to still kill and destroy our thoughts even when it comes to prayer. Okay, this, that's what it was not. This is what the Lord's Prayer is. That make sense? This is it. I mean, I'm telling you, this is like the simplest sermon I've ever preached, but hopefully it makes sense. The Lord's Prayer is to be taught it's supposed to be taught. It's supposed to be modeled. It's supposed to be learned and used how often? Daily. We'll get to that in a second. The Lord's Prayer is modeled, taught, learned, and displayed, and taught daily as a keyword structure, a model of how to pray. Some theologians don't even use the Lord's Prayer anymore. Um, they use the word model prayer. This is the model of how Jesus prayed about the who, why, and what of praying. We see it in Luke chapter 1, as we talked about last week, and Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, his disciples came to him and says, Lord, what? Teach us. So again, prayer, this model, is to be taught. It's to be taught to our children. It's supposed to be taught to our grandchildren. It's supposed to be taught to everybody we go to. We'll talk more about that next week. And when you pray, so it's prayed, but then it's modeled. We see this kind of like we talked about last week with the five levels of communication with God. You can pray with a head nod. Why? Because the very beginning is Father. The head nod is, I'm recognizing that you are God into the high and through the rest of it. But when do you get to level five? We can be like Jesus, who Jesus went away to a certain place. And I almost guarantee you, his model, when he talked to the Father, when nobody knew about, was this model. It's Jesus' model to pray the best way. But also, this is a structure. Hear me closely. This is not something to pray verbatim unless you genuinely mean it. But it's a structure that we are about to dissect, a structure on how to pray in the most effective way possible. But here's the deal. This prayer does not have to be long. Can I get an amen on that? Praise God that Jesus didn't say, hey, you just pray these super long prayers, and then the longer that you pray, the more satisfied God would be. But it needs to be genuine. But the more time you spend praying in this manner, the what? The, the better. 
This prayer doesn't have to be long, but it needs to be and should always be private and not public. The more private you make this Lord's Prayer model, the better. But it doesn't mean that you're driving down the expressway and you have five minutes to talk to your father and you go through this model, that's fine. But the more private that you can be in our prayers, the what? The better. But it needs to be also relational, not uh, um, (laughs) ritualistic. I can't even say that. Ritualistic. All right. It doesn't have to be something that's a ritual. It doesn't have to be something that, okay, I've got to wake up every day and I've got to say the Lord's Prayer because if I'm not, I'm not praying like I should. It needs to be relational. If we create the Lord's Prayer into a ritual, it's not genuine. As long as it's coming from your heart, it can be, but don't allow that to happen. This is what it says in Matthew chapter 6, the same passage associated with this right before. And it says, and when you pray, you must not be like the who? Hypocrites. For they love to stand and to pray in the synagogues. Notice publicly, and on the street corners, that they may be what? Seen by others. Truly, Jesus say, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, but when you pray, Go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your who? Father, who is in secret. And your father who sees that you are in secret will reward you. So I don't know about you, but I I would like to be rewarded by God in our intimate relationship with I have. So what does he say? Don't do this whole on the corners and on stages, making a spectacle of prayers. Traditional churches that I used to grow up in, they had in their, their, their like worship guide, if you want to say, a spot where it says, the pastor's prayer. And you have you done the pastor's prayer. What happens is the pastor and elder stands up, bow your head, close your eyes. God, listen to me as I pray this prayer. You get the idea. Ladies and gentlemen, the pastor's prayer is a good thing. Praying over the congregation, praying for the service. But ladies and gentlemen, the best prayer is when the pastor is behind closed doors praying on his knees. And may you be praying that I continue and maintain that even more so. And may you be praying for me as we pray for others on our knees in a private place. Not out of a ritual, not out of length. And that's what it says. And when you pray, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles. For they think that they would be heard by God by their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you even ask. Isn't that just awesome? That even in our prayers, God already knows what we're going to pray. But remember, we talked about this last week. Prayer is more for us than for Him. So may we, as we just look through the Lord's Prayer and the simplicity of it, may you and I today know without a shadow of a doubt that we get to not have a religion of prayer, but we can model 
Christ prayer because we are called to be Christ what? Like Christ followers. And if we're Christ followers, why don't we just follow his method of prayer? So I'm going to try to find my, my notes right here. Um, where is it at? I had it all dis, discombobulated. All right. Who, what, where, how. Okay, so let's just start with the who. All right. Who should we be praying to when we talk about the Lord's Prayer? We should be praying to the Father. But ladies and gentlemen, we... I, I don't know about you, but let's just keep it real. How many guys have had father hurt in your, in your life? Father hurt? Keep it honest. All right, father hurt. Okay, so I've had father hurt as well. All right? It doesn't mean my dad's bad. It's just like, it's just like whenever I hear father, when it comes to prayer, it's just like, ugh, ah. Yeah, I just feel the disconnection with that. And that's something I've been working on um, for many years, the disconnection with my heavenly father because of my earthly father. So let me encourage you, men, be the fathers like Christ has called us to be. And if we are, and I'm still working on it every day, let us be men who model Christ to our wives, to our children, to every, so that there won't be a daddy hurt later on in years. And yes, God the Father, God the Father, He is Lord, He is King, He is Master, He is King over everything. He's our friend, but He's also Father. He's our what Father? Where does He live? In heaven. Our Father. He's omnipresent, but we are directing our attention to where He is, and that is in heaven. He is our protector, He is our provider, He is our guide. He is fully steadfast in his love for us, and his love never ends. Can I get an amen on that? For those of you who are Christ followers, if you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus, he is our Father. And it's deeper than that. This is what it says in Galatians chapter 4. I want you to feel this. I want you to know this, that when we pray like Jesus prays, he is saying, Father, You are holy, Father. You are in heaven, but you are Father. This is what it says in Galatians chapter 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son. Can I get an amen for Jesus coming? All right. His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, and to redeem those who are under the law, so that, and this is a good so that, this is a Merry Christmas so that to you and me, so that we might receive what? Adoption as sons, daughters. And because you are sons, because our sons, daughters, God has sent the Spirit, Spirit of God, of His Son into our hearts. And what does the Holy Spirit cry out? Abba, Father. Abba, Father. So that you are no longer slaves, but sons, daughters. But if you're sons, then you are heirs through God. I, 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 I've told this before. I'll say, share it briefly. My biological mother died when, in childbirth. I did not have a mother for three years. My mother comes along, my, my, my stepmom, my mom comes along, and she now adopted me as, as, as her own. That day, I had a mom for the first time. That day, my, my stories were told about how I would not leave my mom alone. 
I was next to her side. I was in the wedding of my mom and dad, current mom and dad. I was like there. I was like, they're saying their vows. I'm like, here's the ring type of thing. I'm not, like, I'm not there. Why? Because I had a mom. Why? Because I was adopted into this family, even though I was already pre-adopted into the family because of my dad. We were one. And this is what this verse is saying. It's, ladies and gentlemen, our father is Abba, Father. And you're like, okay, what does that mean? Well, Abba means, is an Aramaic word, which means, Abba means Father. It is commonly used to express the affection and confidence of trust Abba signifies. When it says Father God, it means Abba God. It says this, it signifies the closeness, the intimate relationship with a father and a child. And then this might be why you and I might struggle sometimes with this father, Abba, is because of father hurt, as well as, as, as well as the childlike trust a young child puts in his, what's the next word? Daddy. So you might hear some, some people who pray sometimes, and they, they, they're like, they're, they want to model this the best way they can. And they might say, Daddy God, and you might look at them and say, you're like some freak or something, like you call him God Almighty Daddy? Yes, we should. Because that's, that's the point of Father. It means Daddy. Daddy. I, just to keep it real, um, my kids are growing up too fast, and I, it despises my heart so bad. My daughter um, this week is going to be graduating from high school and going to college in like um, two or three um, months. By the way, you don't want to be around me because I'll be crying like a little baby during, during that time. And my son soon as well. But I remember growing up, um, I would always try to teach my kids, just call me daddy. Come in and call me daddy. But there became a day. <clears throat> and it was the saddest day ever. I mean, literally, they could have amputated my big left toe, um, and it would, have, it would have hurt less. But they came in, and they just started calling me dad. Dad. And I looked at them and says, I'm daddy to you, young lady. Why? Because there's this child in need of their Daddy. And even father is almost like a formal word of father. But in this passage, it says, Daddy, you are in heaven, and I'm your adopted child. And what it's referring to is, one day I'm going to be with Daddy again. It's kind of like when Daddy comes home, and by the way, Jesus is going to come back and take us to his home. The kids rejoice. They're like, Daddy's home. Get the idea? So I want you to know from the very beginning of God's heart is when you pray to your heavenly father, you're praying to daddy, Abba, father. So keep this in mind as we start praying every day. Now, who is he? He's father God who is, what's the next word? Holy Holy means set apart. Like, there's none like him. It's kind of like when we pray, we're praying that kind of that song that, um, or that fight that always happens in elementary school. My daddy's bigger than your daddy. My daddy can beat up your daddy. Have you ever had that fight before? 
Okay, all right. That's the same mindset that we need to have, is he's holy. There ain't nobody like my daddy God, right? It's like he's holy, he's set apart, he's perfect, he's unlike any other. And ladies and gentlemen, this is who we're praying to. He is in heaven, he is with us, he loves us so much, and he is unlike any other. Not just person, just any other. And when we're praying to him, sinful human beings, saved by Jesus Christ, we're coming to a holy God, and this should drop us to our knees. This should allow us to lay flat on the ground, saying, you are my daddy, but who am I that I am your son or daughter? I am humbly coming to you. And this might be one of the reasons where he says, go to a secret place, so that you don't have other people watching and be like, all right, is, are they laying flat on the ground out of like super religious stuff? No, nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. It's just you and Daddy God. So keep this in mind, that he is holy, we are not. In fact, this is a verse, this is the imagery I would love for you, and Jesus is trying to come across to us about this holy, hallowed be your name. Revelation chapter 4 Verse 8 through 3. So he is in heaven, and this is what's happening in heaven, a daily worship of, of him. And we use the word daily because he lives in eternity. Daily is a human term made by God who is holy. All right, here we go. For the four living creatures, each of them had six wings and, and, and are full of eyes around them within. And day by night, they never stop ceasing eternity Holy set apart, holy set apart, holy set apart is the Lord Almighty who was and is and what? Is to come. He's always been. And whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor, holy, hallowed be, and thanked him who were seated on the throne, whoever lived forever and ever, the 24 elders, they jumped up and gave God a high five. Is that what happened? No, they fell down before him. Like I said, they fell down before him who was seated on the throne. And what? Worship. And I'm just going to pause and say, ladies and gentlemen, when we're singing songs about Abba Father, how holy and magnificent he is, this should lead us every Sunday morning. In your quiet time with God, it should raise your hands, get on your knees, have the moment of saying, forget everybody else in this room. We are going to come together in humble submission to our Father who is holy and in heaven, and we should see this as a demonstration. They worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Um, and then it says, they cast their crowns, what's valuable to them before them. They cast their authority before the throne, saying, worthy are you, O Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by you <coughs> excuse me and by your will they existed and were what great so this trans go just goes to the next one we got the who of of our prayer and who he's holy he is powerful but we also got the why of our prayer so this is why we let me make sure i get this is why we pray so we got the who, got it? Who is the who? Father God, Daddy God, who is holy and powerful and everything. And then you've got why pray. Like literally, why do you pray? Yeah, some, most of the time here in America, we pray for our will to be done. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if we just take this and pray that every day, we'll have a good prayer life. Literally, it's simply this. Lord, as it says, your kingdom come, your what? Your will be done on earth as it is in this heaven. We just need to pray this every day. So before we actually pray for our daily needs and so on and so forth, pray, our Father, Daddy, you're holy, you're magnificent, you are God, and thank you for allowing us to be your sons and daughter. Thank you. Now, I'm about to pray for my daily needs. I'm going to pray for my spiritual needs. But Lord, may it not be my will, but what? Your will be done. When we do this, it will lead us to even more submission and honor to our holy, perfect God. And this is where, I mean, Jesus himself, he modeled this. So he's in the garden. I mean, he's about to die for the forgiveness of your sins and my sins. He's seen a crucifixion. He knows the suffering that was about to take place. And he prays this in Mark chapter 14. And he said, so he is in the garden, intimately praying with his father's disciples are out um, and they were sleeping which he asked them to stay what so awake and he's out praying and what does he say he says abba where's oh actually wrong wrong slide and he said in mark chapter 14 verse 36 and he said to them abba father same thing applies lord god Father, the intimacy. It says, all these things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. I don't want to. Yet, not what I will, but as you know, what you will. I know about you, but if I was Jesus, can I get an amen on them? Not, I'd be just like, chill. I'm telling you what, these people are just, they don't like me. They're after my life. I'm just going to send my mightiest angels and I'm just going to obliviate this world because I don't want to be suffering and die for these people. But I'm not Jesus. Jesus loved you so much that he was willing to go to the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and my sins. Suffered and died for the forgiveness of our sins. And he's like, hey, I don't want to do this. But Father God, you want this to be done. So I say, yes, sir. And may this be the case for you and I, that as we ask for our daily needs, as, for, as we ask for our spiritual needs that we're about to talk about in a second, may we be quick to say, I'm okay with whatever you want. And when we do, we will understand what it talks about in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by what? Prayer and submission and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to who? God, our Father, our Daddy. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our heart and our mind in who? In Christ Jesus. So I'm just going to briefly go. So this is the most important. All the other stuff I'm about to share is what we do every day. God, I've messed up. Please forgive me. Lord, help me to forgive others. Oh, God, I need something to eat today. This is, this is the easy part. So I'm, I'm going to ask you simply, make sure that these two are a priority above all else. Because when we know who we're praying to, and we recognize that it, it's about his will, who cares about everything else? Because we're submitting to his will for his will to be what? 
Done. So it continues to say. All right. So we got the why. Let's get this. All right. Let's go here. So the what. Give us this day our what? Daily bread. So now we can start being a little bit of selfish. We can start being selfish with our physical needs. So pray. Give us this day our what needs. Give us this day our what needs. Daily physical needs. This, ladies and gentlemen, is such an important word. And then it says, give us this day our what? Give us this day. This day. That's today. This is so vitally important. Jesus' model of prayer, as we talked about at the very beginning, should be prayed what? Daily. And the reason why it says daily bread, daily physical needs, is to remind the Israelites, remind the Jewish people of how they got out of Egypt. They got out of Egypt, and they had basically nothing. They went into the wilderness, and they went into the wilderness, and they're like, we forgot to bring enough food for all these, years, all these days. So they start becoming hungry. So what do they do? They start complaining to Moses, and then Moses complains to God or tells God, and God's like, I'm going to give you manna. I'm going to give you daily what? Bread. So manna falls, wake up in the morning, and they're like, wow, this is awesome. But God told Moses to tell them is simply this, I'm going to give you enough food for that day. And when the week ends and we're going to start having a break, a day of rest, a Sabbath, I'm going to give you enough bread for two days. What happened? The greedy American Israelites that were there, they went and they're like, we got food, we're hungry. And they just start grabbing. It's kind of like me at a... At a at, um, a um, buffet. Thank you. You know me well. Okay. It's like me at a buffet. Ask my wife. All right. So I go to, that's why we never go to buffet. If you want to invite me to lunch, let's go to buffet. Okay. All right. So I go to a buffet and I'm like, food. And I'm like piling this and that. And I bring one. Rachel's sitting there already like nibbling on her food. And I'm like, hold on. I go back and I'm like, or brownies up there. I'm going to go get some brownies. So here's my table covered with food. You laugh, but that's true. All right. So I covered with food. And then I start, she, it's just classic. She always says, are you going to eat all that? I'm like, woman, look at me. This thing needs to be filled. But one plate after I get started to eat, I'm done. It fills me for what I need for that what day. And unfortunately, buffets don't let you take the food home. Ladies and gentlemen, it's kind of the same thing. The Israelites were like, I have food. So what did they do? They started, a handful of this just started to take enough that they needed for the week. So they disobeyed God, woke up the next morning, and the food was rotten. God was reminding the Israelite people, it's like, I got you for the day. So a couple of things that we need to think about. So we need to pray that when we pray to our Heavenly Father, that His will be done, and His will would, is simply, trust me for that, what? Day. 
And I think that would help most of our anxiety when we're worried about the next day or worried about what's happening the next week. Listen, and we, we know all throughout Scripture, in Matthew 6 at the very end, we know that God, Jesus himself, is like, trust me for the day. All these other people are worried about all these other things, what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear, what we're going to do. And, and then Jesus, Jesus says, says, and says, as your heavenly Father, so seek ye first the kingdom of God, but as your heavenly Father, Abba Father, knows what you need, that you need all this stuff. And then he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about when. Do not be anxious about when. Tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. In other words, you might be anxious then, but why do you even worry about then? Sufficient for the what? Day is its own trouble. And that's what Jesus is saying. This is where we need to constantly find time, make time in the morning, whatever. I would say in the morning. Why? Because we're praying for the day's needs. So pray. And this could involve, hey, I'm about to go into surgery. Your Aunt Susie has, a, has like um, gangrene. Lord, please help her to be healed. Whatever it might be. So be praying for other people during this section. So in review real quick, who do we pray to? Abba who? He is holy. We are not. He is in heaven. We pray for whose will to be done? Father's God, pray for his will to be done. And now we enter, because most of the time we, we pray, God, I'm in need of patience from my whatever it might be. And we're quick to pray here. May we be quick to be praying here. And then, Lord, help my aunt, help myself on our daily needs. And then last one, the what? It ends with saying, Lord, please help us with the what of our spiritual needs. And our spiritual needs, as the passage says, is simply this. And forgive us our what? Sins. That's a spiritual need. I don't know about you, but I wake up every day, sinner, saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. I know I'm going to struggle today with my flesh, my sin, the temptations everywhere. So every day, this is why we start every day, Lord, help me not to act, look, think like the world. But when I do, I'm sorry. Be quick to ask God for forgiveness for our sins because he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what? Cleanse us from any of our unrighteousness. But this passage says, this is very important, and forgive us our sins, our debts, for we ourselves, in other words, as Matthew says, as we also forgive. So let me, let me just ask. So, if God... And there's this kind of like a gray area because we know that theologically God forgives our sins on the cross. We got that. But he also says in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts the way we are forgiving other people our debts. So literally, I mean, if you look at your life and if you're like, you know what? There's a lot of lack of forgiveness or bitterness in my heart about other people. This passage is prayed for. Be careful of what you pray for. Why? 
is because if we are praying that we're like a scale, as we are praying for other people, let your forgiveness be equal. But we need to flip it on its head and, and be humble and said, as we've been forgiven much, we should forgive what? Much. And I think within inside our society, we're quick to not forgive. We're, for, we're quick to cast judgment. And I'm here to beg you and I'm here to ask you, let us be people. Let us be people that forgive because we have been forgiven much. And this is what the passage is saying. Lord, help us not only with our physical needs, but in our prayers. Lord, for, please forgive me and help me to forgive who? Others. When we see that we've been forgiven much, it should lead us to forgive much. And then end with, and lead us not into what? Temptation. But deliver us from evil or the evil one. Ladies and gentlemen, maybe today you've been tempted to sleep during the worship service. Maybe you've been tempted to worry about what other people are doing or thinking. May have been tempted to like, what am I going to do afterwards that is sinful? What did I look at this morning that was sinful? What did I say that was sinful today? Ladies and gentlemen, if we start every day humbly becoming, coming to our daddy father and asking for his will to be done, his will will be done if we do not fall into temptation. We need to remember that God's not the one who tempts. The evil one tempts, and we're tempted by our own evil desires. So in our prayers, we simply need to say, help me with the temptation and be vulnerable. This is why it's in a private time, my temptation to X, Y, and Z. And when I do, next day, please forgive me for falling into X, Y, and Z, and please help me not to fall into X, Y, and Z. Why? Because you're holy, I am not. I want to follow your will. I do need your help, but I also need your spiritual help. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's really not complicated. It's all about who, why, and what, and how. Yeah, so here's the deal. Simply, we're going to end with this. We're going to end by practicing the Lord's Prayer. So there's my ask. If you say, you know what, Dave, I, I, just, I just need time in different corners or whatever, great. It's four minutes. Literally, watch. Four minutes. There will be a video being played on the screen. And after it says, amen, everybody says, amen, and the service is done. And it's simply, you'll hear a church bell look up and start praying what it's asking you to pray. We're just going to pray the Lord's Prayer. And it's not complicated. It's supposed to be simple. But it's not ritual but genuine from our heart. So may you and I be commissioned to be people praying in secret, in our quiet place, for the glory of God.